Would open up your Bibles to uh, Psalm 95. Psalm 95. I'll meet you there in just one moment. Wanted to say thank you to everyone. Um, uh, I have, since being sick and the family being sick, I've had several people give us phone calls and send cards and whatnot, and I'm I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that uh, the brethren care enough about us to uh, do those things, and uh, we even had a a family uh, here that that gave us food and and uh, uh, chicken noodle soup, which was delicious, by the way. Um, and so, uh, thankful for that. And and uh, everything has just been been so wonderful uh, with the congregation here. And and I'm thankful for for the brethren here. Um, <clears throat> my voice is still not back 100%, uh, but I could not talk basically from Monday to Wednesday. Uh, it just was not not very good, so it's still not still not whole, um, you know. And, and so I'm, I'm sure I'm going to uh, have to taper things off at some point in time, as as far as the sermon goes. So you know, I I, I'm, I apologize for not being able to uh, go as long as I, I am uh, would like, as far as the sermon is concerned. Uh, but uh, a, a wise preacher and elder once told me. Uh, nobody has ever complained about a short sermon. Um, so, uh, you know, there's been one positive out of uh, losing my voice is that um, as it has come back gradually, I've been able to work on my Batman impression, so I'm good, you know. Everything's been been, been glorious there, so we're, we're good with that. Um, <clears throat> when... When I, I, I hear uh, people say, you know, well, I, I don't know about, uh, you know, coming to services, you know, on, on different days. And, you know, one, one thing that people say is, you know, Wednesday nights aren't in the Bible. And I understand that there's not a place in Scripture that says you need to be here on Wednesday night. Um, and, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you a passage uh, that tells us that we need to be here uh, when, when possible, at all possible, whenever possible. And that is from Psalm 95. When you think about Matthew uh, 22 and verse 37, it says, And he said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind me, brethren, uh, when we're talking about, you know, worship and coming to worship and things like that, you know, that doesn't get much better than those two passages. You know, one one is Psalm 95, but the other one is it's just simply Matthew 22, 37. And love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Let's start by looking at verse 1 here. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. The word come here, uh, obviously this is an invitation. Uh, this is used as an invitation of the speaker for all to come and to participate. You know, we, we, are, uh, want, to, and we want to and we need to 
be able to come and, and sing praises to our God. But what we see from this very start of the passage is simple. Not only should we want to come, but we should want to invite others. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise. Uh, the word here, noise, means to make a loud noise, to shout, uh, to be ecstatic. Some people <clears throat> have, uh, uh, have, have noticed this uh, at this, about this time of year. Uh, you'll notice that around Christmas time, what happens? You know, you give someone a present, and they may not expect it, but it's something that they love. And uh, you know when you've done a good job picking out that gift, right? You know, sometimes from some people you get those exclamations. You know, oh, you know, this, this is a wonderful gift. This is amazing, you know. And some people have those great reactions. Now, when it comes to worship with the Lord, you know, we need to come unto Him. And we need to be excited. And we need to make that loud, joyful noise. Let's make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Look at Luke 6. Luke 6 verses 46 through 49. Luke 6, 46 through 49. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Everyone that cometh unto me and heareth my words and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who digged and went deep and laid a foundation upon the rock and uh, and when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it, because it had been well builded. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that built a house upon the earth without a foundation, against which the stream broke, and straightway it fell in, and the ruin of that house was great. You know, who is the rock? The Lord is the rock. He is the rock. Of our salvation. I believe it was 2009. Uh, there was a, a couple of football teams playing for the national championship game. It was Alabama and Texas. And the, the star quarterback there for Texas was Colt McCoy. And you know what? Um, he, uh, he got taken out of the game pretty, pretty early on into the game. Uh, he got hit and he injured his shoulder. And he said, you know, I couldn't even feel my arm. And uh, so he wasn't able to take another snap throughout that whole game. And at the end of the game, uh, he, uh, he, the Texas had lost the game. And, and he comes forward and they, they come to interview him and they say, well, how, how does it feel, you know, right now? And, you know, tears are welling up in his eyes. You know, he, he knows that he couldn't have done anything about anything that happened. And they pressed him a little bit and said, how, how does it feel uh, to be injured in, in this game? And how do you feel the outcome might have been if you'd been able to stay in? And he just pauses and he's, you know, he says, you know what? I'm on the rock. I am on the rock. I can't, I can't say anything else. You know, I, I have to, have to say that. You know, I'm giving all the glory to God. You know, and I, I'm just thankful um, 
that that he is uh, he is my creator. And he just elaborated on this, and he just said, you know, I, I I'm just here. I'm on the rock. I love the Lord. The Lord is our rock. At least, brethren, he should be. He should be that firm foundation upon every one of us uh, stands. Let us come before his presence. You know, this phrase actually literally could be translated as uh, to come before in anticipation. Anticipation, right? Anticipation. Get excited about coming. That's what we're seeing here. We need to be excited about coming to worship. I was just reminded the other day uh, from uh, uh, from some some incidents that that happened uh, this past week, and uh, my wife had had commented on something, and I said, I remember remember a nice life lesson I learned as a kid. Uh, from my father, and uh, he, uh, there was some reason I did not want to go to worship. I cannot remember why. Uh, probably just want to sit home and play video games. I don't know. But my parents were going to take me every single time, and that was it. And so I, I was 17 at the time. You know, since I was 17 and I knew everything, I, uh, I, I proceeded to tell my father that you know I wasn't going to go to worship. And he said, yes, you are. And I said, no, I'm not, because I am a man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said, I'm a man. I make my own decisions. And he said, well, you know what? You're living under my roof. You are going to follow my rules. And I said, well, maybe it's about time I don't live under your roof any longer. And he says, well, son, you've got a job. How much money do you make? said, you know what, um, I make, you know, basically, you know, $200 every, every two weeks. I said, well, um, you, know, you know how much an apartment costs? I said, well, uh, no, I don't. And he said, well, let's just go ahead and assume it's $500. What you going to do then? I said, well, I guess I'll get a roommate. I said, well, so you got $250 left. Um, I'm paying your insurance on your car. You leave this house. Uh, you've got that. Uh, so you can go ahead and tack on another $75 there, son. And I said, okay. So he starts naming off all these things I'm going to have to take care of, electricity, water, and all these different things. And I was thinking, you know, I, I've barely got enough money to pay for this. And he says, and by the way, son, you've got to eat. I went, yeah. I'll go get my Bible, Dad. Um, you know, I was not excited to go to worship at that time. But you know what? Later on, it became everything I wanted to do. I don't want to miss a single time. Because, you know what? <laughs> I'm excited to come to to worship my God. I'm excited to come and to see my brethren.
and I'm excited to come and learn more about his word. We need to be excited about coming to worship God. And when Sunday morning rolls around, you know, we don't need to be dragging ourselves out of bed going, oh, is it Sunday already? We need to be getting out of bed, and even though we may be tired, saying, you know what, today is the day that the Lord has made, and I will be glad and rejoice in it. Now I'm going to worship my Heavenly Father. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. This, brethren, is why we should be so excited to come. Because of our thankfulness to the Lord. Number one, he has saved us. And we are thankful for that. But number two. He has given us far more blessings than we could ever repay in our life. Far more. He has done far more for us than we could ever do for Him. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Now this ends the call to worship here. You know, they're going to sing to the Lord. They, they want everybody to come together to sing to the Lord because they are so thankful. Brethren, that makes another interesting thought, though, right? There's something different about singing. You know, uh, I'm not a person that, that, you know, I enjoy music, uh, but I don't enjoy music to the extent that maybe others do. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like to sing all right. But when it comes down to singing psalms and songs of praise to the Father, that's different. That's when we want to sing. And when we do that, we feel better about ourselves and our days and because we know who's in charge. Someone might be sitting there thinking, you know, man, I don't, I don't feel that way when I sing these songs of praise to the Lord. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very straightforward here. I don't have the voice to beat around the bush. But if you're not feeling that way when you're singing, then really, you're not thinking about what you're singing. And you need to think about what you're singing in order to worship properly. Think about what you sing. Be glad to sing. It doesn't matter if you're the best. That doesn't matter. You know, because... It is something the Lord wants us to do. And it is going to be good to Him no matter what. As long as it is saying from the heart. For the Lord is a great God 
and a great king above all gods. You know, people may serve other gods, but there is only one God. You know, when when people look at uh, these uh, passages right here, they say, well, see, there's more than one God. Look at this. He's a, he's a great king above all gods. That's not what he's saying. See, anybody else, you worship anybody else. <coughs> if you worship anybody else, it does you no good. Because there is only one God and he is great and powerful. You can worship some statue, but all it is is a statue. And that is it. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. In his hand, you know, the, <clears throat> the thought of the hand within scripture is, is where your power is. This is talking about power and his power. The things <clears throat> that are about to be listed here are in control of the Lord. And, and you know what? Notice this. Notice this. We only see one hand here. You know, you, you've got those, uh, you know, stories. And those, I remember those, those westerns, you know, that someone would say, I, I can knock you out with one hand tied behind my back. Well, the Lord does much better than that. He can hold everything within one hand. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. And deep places really is the interior, the searched out places. Uh, and these places can only be found by digging. This is, this is the idea giving. And so the idea is that, you know, these places that are searched out is from, from people who are mining and doing those kind of activities. You know, see, these are the places that are outside the ordinary view of man. But these, God has all that in control. It says, the strength of the hills are his. Now, the word strength really should be translated eminence. The eminence of the hills are his. Now, it doesn't, it's not exactly clear here until you look at Job 22 and verse 5, uh, what this means, because Job 22 and verse 5 sheds light as a reference here to precious metals. The strength of the hills, the eminence of the hills is a reference here to precious metals. You know, um, this makes sense in the context, of course. All these, the eminence, the riches, all these things are hidden from plain sight. They're, they're hidden in the hills. And they're God's. God knows where they are. God knows that they're there and they are his. You know, um, back several years ago, I went to a place uh, called Dahlonega, Georgia. You ever been to Dahlonega, Georgia? It's, uh, it's down around Atlanta. Um, uh, but when you're uh, at Dahlonega, Georgia, they had a huge gold mining operation that happened there. And still today... If you'd like to, as a tourist, you can go to Duglanigo, Georgia, and you can actually pan for some gold. And I will tell you, 
firsthand. I got gold while I was there. Uh, it wasn't enough to do anything, but it was gold. So, uh, you know, I, I, I remember that trip. But what was really interesting is that <clears throat> this rush, this gold rush ended in Georgia uh, because they, they couldn't find any gold, for one. And all these people, they started started going away, and, and then the people who stayed, you know, they started running out of money and went on to, to do this. And, and there's a, a quote. At the end of all this, a man is quoted as saying, you know what? Speaking about Georgia, said, there are gold in them there hills. There's still gold out there. We just don't know where it is. But you know what? The Lord, in his infinite knowledge, oh, he knows. The eminence of those hills, they are in his hands. You know what? The sea is his. Why is the sea his? Well, it says right here, the sea is his. He made it. In his hands form the dry land. He made it, and he owns it. It's his. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. You know, the word worship has always uh, intrigued me because of this. The word worship means to kiss toward. And so when we're talking about worship, you know, we are, we are kissing toward God. We are uh, loving Him, and, and, and we are reverencing Him. And, and when we reverence Him in worship, then, you know, we need to think about the things that we do. If we are reverencing the Lord in worship, then we need to reverence Him. Now, I have seen an awful lot of things happening during worship, uh, not necessarily here, but throughout my time preaching and leading singing at congregations, I, I've seen, I've seen some doozies. Uh, I, I remember one guy in particular that he was always out before I ever finished my introduction, always conked out, sat on the back row. The back row had was uh, right there uh, next to the wall, and he just lay his head back on the wall. Didn't didn't even wasn't ashamed of it. Just went ahead and fell asleep. And I remember leading singing one time, and this was uh, right before the Lord's Supper. This continued into the Lord's Supper, where I saw uh, some college students. They just started talking, just straight up talking, and one even turned around, completely around, and was talking. During worship, brethren, is that reverence? You know, when uh, when we are listening to the Word of God, and that that means, you know, when it's being read, when it's being preached, you know, when when it's uh, being taught in Bible class, reverence means that we pay attention. Reverence means that we are revering the scriptures we love it we are respecting it and when we respect it we're gonna we're gonna do what we need to
Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. This is to show humility, brethren. You know, when we come to worship, it is not about us. You know, this sermon right now, it's not about me. And it's not specifically about you. It's about doing the Lord's will. Come, let us worship and bow down. Down, let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God. You know what? He's our God. He's not somebody else's God. This is showing possession here. This is showing a relationship. This is showing that that we want him as our Lord. Have you heard people say, I, I wish, brethren, I wish um, we were more like those in denominations in this way. I have seen so many people in the denominational world that they give every chance to glorify God and to talk about Him. And we should do the same. You know, He is our God, and you'll hear people say, you know, this is my Lord, my Lord has blessed me. Brethren, we need to say more phrases like that. We need to talk about how much the Lord has done for us. And we need, to, we need to address Him as our Lord. He is ours. We love Him. He is our Lord. And we are the people of His pasture. And you look back to Psalm 23, of course, you know, that's a famous passage. You know, talking about uh, the relationship between uh, sheep and the shepherd, and that is the relationship between God and his people. We are the people of his pasture. He is our shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Well, among the things that a shepherd does, I think one that we need to mention here is this. He guides us. He guides us, and if we would only just follow him, then we can have all the blessings that we could ever imagine. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. The sheep. The shepherd, the root word for shepherd, uh, literally means uh, to feed. To feed. You know, the reason is is because that is uh, the way that you keep uh, any being alive. You, you feed it. Now, if you feed it well, it's going to thrive, right? Well, the Lord is our shepherd, and he's going to feed us. He is going to take care of us. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, 
All you have to do is hear and obey his voice. Well, Matt, the word obey isn't there. All we have to do is hear. Obedience comes with hearing. That's what Romans 10 is all about. It's talking about the, uh, the relationship between hearing and obedience. Harden not your heart, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work. Harden not your heart. You know, this is, this is talking about an action toward God here. Don't, don't harden your heart. You know, we we've oftentimes have preached about Joseph and whatnot and about what happens after, after Joseph and concerning the exodus and the enslaving of a people. And during the time when the plagues were going on, you know, you, you see his phrase. It comes up a couple of times. And it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And some people go, well, God doesn't harden people's hearts. He doesn't do that. Well, no, he doesn't specifically do that. He doesn't say, you know what, I'm going to harden this person's heart. That's going to be it. You know how he hardened Pharaoh's heart? He hardened Pharaoh's heart by being God. He gave the command. Pharaoh didn't want to follow the command. And therefore, his heart was hardened. Harden not your heart, as in the provocation. You know, this, uh, this word here is, you know, Meribah, which is referencing the waters of Meribah. You know, they, you know this is a place where they, they wish they had died. Just wish, wish that we could just had died. You know, God was angry with them. He, he was angered, and of course, he punished them. And then, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Temptation. Remember this word, Massa. Referencing the tempting of the Lord in Exodus 17 and verse 7. It says, when your fathers, they tempted me, they tried me. They proved me and saw my work. Everything he had done for them was shown. It says, Forty years long was I grieved with that generation and said, It is the people that do err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Wherefore, I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. We have two sides of the coin here. We have something very positive. And we have something that is on the side of negative as far as thoughts are concerned. And the positive is what? Come and praise the Lord. Come and praise the Lord. And the other side of that is, it's an encouragement really. Don't provoke the Lord. Don't do it. Follow Him. Love Him. 
reverence him. Now, we just simply need to be excited to be coming to worship because it's it's for the Lord. Now, we benefit from it, but it's not for us. It's for him. If we love him, you know what well, we're gonna we're gonna want to worship him. Other part of this, not only do we need to be excited to be here, we need to make sure that we're reverent. And that that has no limits there uh, to the application. We need to reverence the Lord. We need to reverence his word. And we need to reverence him so much that when we're worshiping him, uh, we are doing that to the best of our ability and giving nothing less. Maybe there's someone here today that knows that they need to make things right with the Lord. They'd like to repent of something. We'd be glad to help you out with that. Maybe you've not yet become a Christian. Well, today's the day. Don't wait any longer. If there's anybody that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.